But what's up? It's your girl Mimi, and I'm here to spill all the tea, give you nothing but the real. So stay tuned, listen in, and sit back. I just wish that, like, I would just already know what I was going to call the episode before I started recording, but I just get so amped up about, okay, let me just get these thoughts out. I do write things down, but I'm still just like, let me get these thoughts out. And so then I pull it up and I'd be like, you know what, bitch? This is the fifth, sixth episode that I've recorded where I forget what I'm going to call the fucking episode until I start recording. One day I'll get it right. One day I will get shit right. (laughs) But anyway, let's talk movies. (laughs) All right. So we're going to be talking about one of my all time number one. There's a bunch of them. I'm actually going to just do a whole segment talking about all of my favorite movies and post it up on YouTube and everything and then share with me your favorite movies and then I'll watch them and check them out and then tell you what I think about them. So let's play what's our favorite movie. (laughs) So this movie we're going to be talking about is Love and Basketball. This has been my favorite movie since I was literally a kid. Grew up watching this movie. Love this movie. I related to the character Monica so much. I was a tomboy. I was always rough and tough and like rumbling around with the boys, climbing trees, playing sports. My grandma and my mom had to beat me to wear a dress. Like I hated them. How am I supposed to play football in a dress? Make it make sense. They wouldn't they made me wear pink and put bows in my hair and like the shit was disgusting. And I hated it. And I literally <coughs> wasn't until like my mid early 20s before I started by choice wearing dresses I never would wear sandals that like my feet were so pale I would still get my toes done and everything as I got a little bit older but the like Asian women would like just laugh at how pale my feet were compared to like the rest of my body because I never would want to like have open toe shoes like I always just wanted to know like how I need my tennis shoes I loved tennis shoes like, I was I'm super still a tomboy at heart I've become a little bit more girly now but yeah back in the day no honey no you could not you would not find me in anything girly in a dress I was just I knew who I was and I just loved tomboy stuff in a sense I guess because I'm a girl but I was really into trucks and I was into superheroes and action figures like I would want an action figure in the store I read comic books I would watch wrestling like I loved sports I guess I have five uncles let me just give a little background I have five uncles I have like I don't even know how many boy cousins it's like everybody was spitting out boys by the time I came around I was like one of the first girls who was always around there was two other girls before me my uncle Ernest had two other girls but they were in another state so i was pretty much the only girl around for a while and then like they started coming after me and then it was like an army of girls after that so really it was like trinista nikita then me and then it was just like an army of girls but like i said trinista and nikita were in cali and we're already out here in arizona so i was the only girl around and all my uncle Darrell had was boys you know what i'm saying and every all the girls came after so with that being said I'm surrounded by a lot of male energy so maybe that definitely warped my taste but then like you know I said my sisters and my younger cousins it's like what a couple years three years or whatever difference so I don't know I think it was more just a me thing and I just wanted to keep up with the boys they were having more fun and though I did have my Barbie phase 
I more played with Barbies because I, I always liked to create and use my imagination to help come up with stories and I would make them outfits and I would use the entertainment center as like a Barbie house or whatever. Take like old wipe buckets and make them into like pools or cars. You know, I would have Barbie stuff too, but I would just always, you know, find ways to just use things around the house and create more stuff. So. That was me, and I think that's definitely why I related to Monica's character. There was not a lot of girls on TV, and it's not even to be disrespectful, but you get that stigma when you see a girl, and she's rough and tough, then she's a lesbian. And that's not always what that means. Tomboys are not lesbians. That's two different categories. And so to see a girl on TV who is heterosexual, but then she is not like your typical girly girl it was cool for me as a girl growing up like that seeing that like yes like you can play sports <laughs> and like boys and for so long especially in the 90s and people being so narrow-minded you know now we live in an environment where we can we're a little bit more open-minded to people and their differences and what they like and we're getting there in 2021 we're still getting there but this is early 90s, mid 90s, <clears throat> early 2000s. So we was not there. We was not there. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, you're not a boy. Why you always want to run around with the boys? You can't do all of this. Like, I remember one time my grandma made me wear a dress to school and she came out to get me and I was sitting in the dress properly because if I did it, you know, you get in trouble. But I had no choice. So I was sitting properly in the dress and it was a big, like, I mean, we're talking calling all the other aunties, calling my mom. It was a big deal. Like, I picked up Janine. I picked up Mimi from school. <laughs> I picked up Mimi from school. And she was fucking sitting in a dress with her legs crossed. Couldn't even believe it. I was in what, maybe like, I want to say sixth grade. It was probably like a picture day. I was wearing a dress. Disgusting. She's like, I'm still kind of really not that girly. I will wear dresses now, here and there, but I'm real cool wearing some nice jeans and a cute, nice top. Maybe do my makeup really pretty and just some cute hair and then call it a day. Like, I do love getting my nails done, but now that I have a son of my own, I like to be nail free. It's easier to run around with him with no nails on so unless it's a special occasion I don't really do my nails so enough of that seven minute rambling <laughs> let's get into actually reviewing the fucking movie that we're talking about well again it's called Love in Basketball which is my favorite movie <laughs> another reason why I feel like I love this movie is because it plays into like my love language which is like fate and destiny I believe and maybe this makes me a hopeless romantic for that but there is somebody out there for you specifically like <clears throat> some people think you have multiple soulmates some people think that there's no special one person for you and you're just kind of going through the seasons but i don't i just don't believe that i believe that there is one person created by god individual <laughs> liberty and justice for all one person for you like there's just there's your soulmate 
I believe in that. And I believe in destiny. I believe in fate. I believe you run into nobody by accident. Everything's meant to be. And you're kind of just going through the motions of the story. And I feel like that's why I'm drawn to this movie so much. And I love it because you're playing on two of my favorite things. You have a girl that's representing me as the type of girl that I was when I was little. You know what I'm saying? And then you also have the whole destiny and fade and even though like things in life tore them apart they come back together and in the end it's them forever and i fuck with that story like i love hearing people's love stories i love hearing like yeah we were just put together but we really just didn't talk that much we kind of hung out here and there but it was just in passing and then the, you know then you ran into each other one day at the supermarket and remembered each other and just started talking and then blab now we're here five kids later 20 years of marriage like those are the best stories to me the best stories to me because it's like it wasn't your time in that time you wouldn't live your lives but like you were always meant to be in each other's worlds and that's why you crossed paths at one point and i fucks with that because i that just can confirm some of my theory that it's possible and it's real so i love those i love like love those stories well, it's not everybody's love story but they exist and i love them and i hope maybe one day it will be mine but probably not probably be single forever and <clears throat> okay. So and at guard, player number twenty two. Okay, so, so yeah, like I said, we can't do this we just love love story like that. I think that's the theme, and I just told you this is the theme of the movie. A nutshell, summing it all up. Alright, so the story of love and basketball, and these are our main characters. We have Monica and Hugh, which I think his name is Quincy. I think it's Quincy, or Quentin? I think, pretty sure it's Quincy, but they call him Q, so whatever. They met as kids. Um, and this looks, it was like a suburban, um, neighborhood in California. And Monica's parents moved in, moved in, and they were neighbors in the next door. And the moms, you know, came and brought cookies and blah, 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 typical suburban house stories, which I've never lived in no suburban area where people bring you cakes and cookies and shit, but maybe somewhere they exist, I don't know. But they brought them, you know, dessert over. And the moms met and they talked and that's when the kids met. Actually, rewind, totally missed the first scene. So the very first scene opens up with Monica going onto the basketball court, playing Q Quincy. Quincy, <laughs> I'm gonna look it up so that I'm accurate. <clears throat> but Q was playing basketball with his friends. Monica walks up and she has she has her hair and now she's dressed. She looks like she's a little boy. And so they assume she's a boy wanting to play. And so she takes her hat off. They see that it's a girl and they're like, oh, girls can't play basketball. Like I literally know for a fact that was a lie. And again, being a tomboy, I heard that shit all of the time. Girls don't know nothing about basketball. Girls aren't like I would have to school niggas every day on who the fuck I was. You know, me and then don't make me cock out with my Pokemon cards because bitch it was it was done. It was a done deal. <laughs> like it was so frustrating constantly. So yeah. <clears throat> Girls on another basketball, and so then she comes in and she shows them that she do know 
a lot about basketball in schools all of them on the court and they feel a type of way so Q starts to feel a type of way off the bat and he like pushes her so hard that she like messes up her face on the school so let's set the tone of the movie now we have a chauvinistic boy and an independent almost like a feminist free like I can be whatever I want to be I want to be in the NBA like it doesn't matter that I'm a girl girl and then a very chauvinistic boy so that is the dynamic like that's the, the huge conflict with their relationship and that plays out throughout the story which ultimately ends their relationship for a long time <clears throat> Monica always knew who she was and who she wanted to be and Hugh wanted to be who he thought he was supposed to be like that's and that's just that that happens a lot in relationships and and it's crazy because it's like I don't know if it's like this whole thing because boys are allowed to be boys for so long and girls at even a young age it's almost like subconsciously our our you know female elders start embedding in us that we need to know who we are like whether that you know in, in 1917 it's it's the housewife or the mother and you maybe have like a job to help but it's it's just until you find that person it's so it's like we kind of already have to to know who we want to be and who we don't want to be and so that brings me into monica's parents and we have the her father who was a banker her mom who was a housewife she had dreams of being a caterer she put all of her dreams and everything she wanted to be on the side so that she could just be a mother for her kids which there's nothing wrong with that that's honorable but see monica looked at it as like she gave up on herself just to like cater to her husband and she saw her as weaker than and less than for that she didn't want to be that she never wanted to be that or experience that in her life and i feel like maybe that's probably what gravitated her more towards being kind of like this tomboy ruggish way her sister was typical girly girl cheerleader all of those things <clears throat> her mom you know like i said was a house mom she used to be a caterer so she loved to cook and take care of her family and monica was like i don't want none of that i don't want to be that i don't want to do that that's not me and then you you meet this boy now we take it to q's family dynamic now he has the mom who was like the trophy wife super pretty i don't really they don't really give too much of her background um but she was just really pretty young and she married a pro athlete so he's always on the road he's always touring and you know traveling and everything and you know q saw this dynamic of what it's supposed to be he idolized his father which is why later on in the story his father's actually to break his heart because he really looked up to him he really wanted to be just like him and he grew up in an environment where this is what a woman's supposed to do this is what a man's supposed to do and that's all and that's it that's all and so to meet monica who's opposite of that she constantly even in that challenged his ideology of what the dynamic of the of a relationship was supposed to be and so <clears throat> that takes us to the next part of the relationship so now they're dating in college because they tried to date a little bit when they were kids and it didn't work out right because how monica thinks for how he thinks monica is who she wants to be and quentin uh, quentin i'm pretty sure it's quentin q 
Look that up, bitch. Like, you're failing. <laughs> Quentin Q, Quincy, one of them, <laughs> has decided that, like, he, you know, who he thinks he's supposed to be. And I say think because he does change. He does realize that, like, his mindset was wrong. You know what I'm saying? So, sip tea with me, which is sipping tea. Actually, it's apple juice, but, you know, it's good. But they'll be dry sitting on here talking and shit. But anywho, so now we're in college and they're dating and it's all cute and butterflies and everything's all happy go lucky. We get this montage and she doing her thing in basketball, he doing his thing in basketball, and then here's when the next conflict comes within this section of their life and their story and Q finds out that his father had been having an affair on his mother and it just devastates him because his whole identity was his dad, his family, and and who they were together. He based his life off who his dad was, you know what I'm saying? And and in a rebellion decides to drop out of college and pretty much cheats on Monica because he felt in her his moment of vulnerability that she she wasn't there for him so here is a question here's a question for the mind so here's the scenario that was kind of the turning point for Q's character in the movie as to why he made the choice to go take another girl on a date so they're sitting at the bleachers he just found out about his father cheating on his mom and he's devastated and he's hurt Monica's with him she's been there for hours they're sitting there talking she's she took the whole burger cake consoling him the best that she can in this situation but in the back of her mind she's thinking about the fact that she has to be back at her door at a certain time so she doesn't miss curfew so she can play now again just giving again the backstory basketball is the life is life for both of them he loves basketball just as much as she does and for him it's like he can do certain things she can't do his father's a pro athlete who played at the same college he's playing at. He, he gets a little bit of like leeway. She can't, she has to prove her name, who she is, not to mention she's a woman. So it's like, in this moment, she chose herself first. And it's like, was she wrong for that? Should she have just said, you know what, F my curfew, my man needs me. So I'm going to make sure he's okay. Whatever. So you have your thoughts and you have your opinions. And here's mine. <laughs> I think that she was not wrong. I think he was selfish and wrong for like getting for responding the way he responded. If he felt like she wasn't there for him in that moment, or he needed her to be, then you would voice that. You don't just take some other girl out on a date because you're feeling that type of way. That's just it's just not healthy. But again, he was going through other things emotionally. So he made the choice to just get in a relationship shortly after that. Which I feel like was hasty. And again, was just was just devastating. And Monica does what every independent feministic female does. And you put yourself into your work, girl. You put your shit and yourself into your work, okay? That's it. That's all. You know, we're not really... I'm not really a big dater. Again... Monica's whole character is me. I am Monica. Monica is me. So, so that's it. Me. <laughs> and just it's the same energy. 
it, the heartbreak hurts and your feelings are hurt. But what can you do? He doesn't. The person's like, it's a no. He literally left the school. He is going to pro to play in the NBA. <laughs> now you just have to live your life. So Monica finished college, and then she went overseas and she played basketball. She finished out her years in basketball, but after a while, she lost interest in it. You know, her her heart wasn't in it anymore, and she got so where she was contemplating like, is this all that I am? I put all myself into this dream is this all that, that there is for me and because of it I've lost so much you know and she goes back home and that's when she runs into Q again I'm pretty sure her name is Quentin but I have a feeling it's Quentin so we're gonna take a quick break this is up to time that I've said this horribly wrong. And I'm going to find out exactly what the hell his name is. So, one second, we'll be right back. It's Quincy. I was right. I don't know why I said Quentin. Probably because Q. I don't even know. But it's Quincy. I was right. I was right. I was right, right, right. I could have sworn it was that. Like, maybe it's a different movie for somebody else has that name. I don't even know. But yeah, I was right. So, <laughs> um, so Quincy again gets. So now here we are in the, um, the last part of the film, the la- the later part of the film, and Monica's decided she needs to go back home. Quincy has just gotten injured, and he's kind of taking some time off. That's why I was going there. Blah, 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 blah. And Monica goes to visit him in the hospital, and is where she finds out he met a woman, and now he's engaged to her. <laughs> this is the new conflict, and this is the last part of the movie. They broke it down into four quarters, really. So the first quarter, the conflict in that quarter, it's like four little movies in a movie, which is really cute too, and I think that's why. Like this movie too. I love the layout of it. I love the the idea of it. I like how they how they planned it out. I think that was that was pretty neat. It was cool because you could almost take like each segment that they did it. They did it four quarters, which is four quarters in a basketball game, and they you know gave it only so much minutes, which is just like how they do in basketball, and they told the story. But it's like you could almost take those quarters and make all individual movies, you know, which was cool. Too, when you think about it like from a film standpoint I liked it but um so yeah the first quarter of the movie the conflict is Monica doesn't want to be you know the girlfriend that sits on the bike she wants to ride her own bike because why not why do I have to sit on your bike like it's it's literally just like the whole theme of the movie as it plays out here we are now in this next quarter and the conflict is more just like Quincy's young, he's a good basketball player, he's attractive, and there's all these girls after him, and Monica doesn't even feel like he would look her way. So, again, we've seen that movie multiple times. So, she kind of just falls back and focuses on Bob, and in the back of my mind, probably hopes. They do end up together after prom night, um, and then that's how we end, 
in the second quarter and go into the third quarter with them in college and then the conflict within college is when he finds out his father is not who he thought he was and they end their relationship again and here we are now in the last quarter and the new conflict is the marriage he's engaged to someone else it's always another female with this but basically and then she decides that she wants to fight for her love it takes her it takes her a while you know it's a process not like it's overnight but i think just really seeing that he was going to be with someone else just pushed her to be like no (laughs) no you know um so in the movie the lesson monica learned was that like basketball is important you're following your dreams are important being your own person is important. I think that she always resented her mom for choosing her relationship over her dreams. And she never wanted that for herself. But I, I think as she grew up, she started to understand why. It's not that she was losing herself, it's that she found another purpose for herself. And that was more important. She can go back and do kids. You know, and that towards the end of the movie you saw that she did go back. She was getting into business and she was doing a cater. And and everything. She still came to fruition and she still was able to accomplish the things she wanted to accomplish. She stood by her man how she wanted to live her life. And then she raised her girls and now her girls are cool and they have their own kids and she has the time to do it and she wants to and there's nothing stopping her and so I think it was just in that moment that she realized like she could do all of the things that she wanted to do and have the person that she wanted I think the lesson Quincy learns I keep going to say the other name now but I know for sure but now it's why Quincy learned that you know being he learned who he was like he learned who he was as person and not who he thought he was supposed to be that's why I kept saying thought because he really like figured out his identity and it was okay we in literally they in the movie where he's sitting in the bleachers with their daughter while Monica's saying basketball like completely totally different of in the very beginning what he thought what he said he wanted for himself which was him in the future him in the stands and his girl so your husband can feel like a man and he's the one cheering for so it's cute overall full circle it's adorable and I love it and those are my those are that's one of my favorite movies that's my thoughts my thoughts on this movie is that it's a classic for me it's a beautiful story I think that it's not, you know, yes, it was a primarily black cast. However, the story is universal. It's a love story. It's like a, kind of, I guess you could put it like a romantic comedy vibe of a film. It's funny parts, but it's really just a story about people who, who go through like, it's a coming of age story. Of, but in a love story, when you're watching these two individuals learn themselves separately and then coming back together and being a whole new set of people. And I think that, like, that happens all the time. And, and I think so there's healthier ways to do that. The way that Hugh ended the relationship was not healthy because you have to also, like, you know, understand he and himself was 
He's very immature. He's very immature of him to be so mad at his dad that he gave up on his college education to go run and go play in the NBA and then got hurt super young. And, you know, if you watch basketball, if you're a fan of basketball, we see that happen all the time where we see these athletes who have all this potential. They get really bad injuries. And even if they recover, they're not oftentimes going to be that same athlete they were before. Because when you injure a body part, it, yeah, it may heal, but it will never be 100% of what it once was. And so it is important to have a background. It is important to have something else lined up if it doesn't work out. And there's been so many stories of athletes being done with ball, getting injured earlier than they thought, and then coming back home and ending up with nothing within a few years. So his dad though his actions were wrong he had good intentions with his son and he really wanted the best one i think that like they should have ended it it should have been just as important for him to mend his relationship with his dad because even though his dad did wrong his mom moved on she's married like she's found someone else i think that yes he was wrong for having an affair but he was never a bad father to quincy he always instilled values in him to be a leader and to be strong and it was Quincy who chose to just idolize his father and put him on a pedestal as if he was like a god to him instead of seeing that his father was human and I think that us as kids we do that a lot um where we, we put our parents at such a high level and then forget that they're human and so when they let us down and do humanistic things we get so disappointed and so angry with them for simply just being, you know, people. My mom was a young mom. She made a lot of mistakes. And there was a point in my life where I had a lot of animosity and regret and hard feelings towards her because of those mistakes. Because at the end of the day, like, yes, she was a young mom, but her mistakes affected my life. Her mistakes affected how I see the world, how I handle relationships. They affected me in such a prominent way. And I had so much anger towards her for those mistakes. As you get older, you have to make that choice of who you want to be, the victim or, you know, victorious in the situation. We cannot continue to be, you know, products of our environment. And it's, it's about elevating and rising above that. So, I mean, that's all you can do. Be it therapy, if that's what's needed. Get a journal, write things out, hash things out, have conversations. When you have to have a conversation with someone about a conflict, don't expect that you'll get resolution one within that moment of that of that um, conversation. And then also like maybe they won't understand what you're saying. Maybe they won't understand where you're coming from, but that doesn't mean that you were wrong in saying what you needed to say. And you just have to accept the fact that you may not ever get that apology, you may not ever get that understanding but for your own preservation to move forward you have to you know kind of take those steps to to doing that so I, I think that that would have been cool if they would have kind of had him make amends with his father by the end um maybe see his dad there too you know on the bleachers with their granddaughter or something or just had a, like a scene after the basketball scene after the credits and they're all going there have a celebratory dinner and everybody's there or something like you know that would have been cool just to kind of see that it didn't need to be like a whole thing but just to kind of see that he 
also mended the relationship with his father, which I think is just as important. His mom and their their issues within their marriage should not have affected Quincy's relationship with his father. His father, yes, <coughs> lied to him, but he lied to him because he didn't want to disappoint him. I think that his mom should have encouraged him to speak to his dad. I honestly do. I think that she was hurt and I get that, but she was okay with him just isolating now person that was still a good I mean a father to his son. He was still a good father to his son. I believe that. And I even think like it's a line in the movie. You know, she was like, Did he want to say something like, um, that doesn't change who he was to you? He's like, Who was he to me? Your father that was there for you in important moments of your life that you could call and encourage you and pushed you to be who you are right now. You know what I'm saying? You're just upset that you idolized your life after this man who was human being and not a god you know that's so that's it for this segment of tv show movies that i love and discuss about i think we called it 90s early 2000s and <laughs> i don't even know like why am i here but anyway thanks for listening thanks for tuning in and i'll see you guys next time Thank you.